0: All righty, hello, everyone. Welcome to it. It's Happy Halloween to you all. I don't know why Russian douche sounds like vampire, but that's just the way it is. Happy Monday, to you ladies and gentlemen unless you're paul pelosi then it's probably not a very good day i uh, recorded the bulk of this show before much was known and i'm watching in awe as these uh, leftists scramble to say look at this right wing attack on paul pelosi oh sweet sweet nourishing paul they just attack and there's all sorts of stories out there nobody has any idea i'll talk more about this tomorrow but let me just leave you with one thought about the paul pelosi attack it's all crap yeah, he was probably attacked, okay? there's That part isn't crap. But the crap I'm talking about is all these left-wingers. Oh, it's exactly... He said exactly what the people on January 6th did. He lived in a BLM Antifa house. But he's the one right-winger that has been accepted in their ranks? If... And here's the question we'll ponder tomorrow. If Paul Pelosi... Or if if the guy who attacked Paul Pelosi was running around going, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Who told the police that? I don't know exactly how police crime scenes work, thank God. and I don't ever really want to, but I suspect that they do not work in a way that when police do somehow, curiously, get called to a scene, and are, in fact, dealing with somebody who has suffered severe head trauma to the point that their skull has been fractured multiple times, I'm pretty certain they don't badger and harass that person in lieu of medical treatment, right? We we got we can, I understand his skull is fractured, he's bleeding from his head. We watched him apparently get beaten in the head with a hammer, but we need to get some answers out of him before we let him go. And one of them is what did the guy say when he entered into the place? I think that seems like a a wildly insignificant detail in the grand scheme of the immediacy of the moment, but I could be wrong. I think that is made up. I think we'll find out in probably a week and a half, in nine days, since we're eight days from the election, in nine days we'll find out that that was a load of BS. But that's just me. I can't imagine. The only other person it could have come from, if Paul was the only other person there, It could have either come from the attacker. I was running around saying, where's Nancy? Or Paul, he was running around saying, where's Nancy? In which case, he had been beaten bloody and fractured skull. I'm pretty sure the police would make a priority of making sure he gets medical care rather than we find out exactly what he can talk about because he probably doesn't remember all that much in the immediacy of it after being beat in the head anyway that's just my immediate two cents like i said most of this was recorded i didn't record about that because i it's ever evolving as is always the case but democrats don't wait for facts they don't have a use for them so why would you wait for them we'll have more about that tomorrow but uh, today we'll have a winner in our signed book contest down there it's uh, either going to be michelle malkin or Judge Janine, and then we'll have a new book up autographed for your winning pleasure. What will it be? You've got to wait till the end to find out, or go to patreon.com slash Podcast or derrickhunter.locals.com, support the show, and then you'll find out. Well, I guess you'd have to dig through in the comments, but anyway, let's get started with the program. Busy show, as always, lots going on. Let me just start off first by saying congratulations to my sister, Stacy, who completed her round of radiation for breast cancer. They caught it very early. So uh, it was like the half the lump was half a size of a grain of rice. And so the, they just recommended radiation for anything they thought could possibly be cancerous. And she had to go through like a lot of radiation, but like a month's worth, four weeks worth, five days, maybe it was three weeks worth, whatever. But she had her last treatment on Friday, so good on her. It's awesome news. Uh, they didn't detect it anywhere else in her body or anything like that, and they got rid of it with a lumpectomy, but as a precautionary measure or whatever. I don't know. Doctors want to do something to you to fight cancer. Well, let them do it, I say. Let them do it. All right. Like I say, we've got lots going on, a ton of stuff to talk about today. <sighs> I, I when I talk about pop culture, and I know a lot of people just roll their eyes, oh, pop culture, oh it it matters. It doesn't have to matter to you to matter. It doesn't have to matter to you. Look, the, the governor's race in New York probably doesn't matter to you. you know, the odds of you living in New York or voting in New York are pretty slim, but it matters because it it, it indicates quite a few things. It indicates trends nationwide. There's a possibility that that race is getting tighter just a few days, a week or so before the election. And if it is getting tight in New York, you know, what's it doing in Georgia? What's it doing in Arizona? The polls in Pennsylvania matter. You can say New York governor doesn't matter. Well, the Senate race in neighboring Pennsylvania sure as hell matters. And the people of New York, the Democrats, the independents of New York, aren't really all that different than the Democrats and independents in Pennsylvania. Now, they're different in quantity and percentage of the population, which is why New York is so deep blue, but the sentiments are very similar. So if there is a trend happening in the country, especially in a place like New York where it's even going to be a close race, I'm talking, you know, five points, and the polls indicate it's much closer than that uh, between Lee Zeldin and Kathy Hochul. Then that means things nationally, and more important, regionally. I think that um, nationally, you can't really necessarily apply because, like I say, the people in Pennsylvania and the people of New York are very similar. The people in New York and the people of Arizona, Utah, probably less similar. So you can't really look at that as a trend nationwide, but regionally you certainly can. There's an important Senate race up in New Hampshire that the Democrats thought they were going to easily win. They thought they were going to easily win, and now it's, it's looking close. Maggie Hassan is terrified up there in New Hampshire because uh, her opponent is Don Bolduc, I think. A retired general. They've painted him as an extremist. Oh, my God, he's a monster. He's got a really good video or ad out today. I don't know if he's, hopefully, I don't know the media markets up in New Hampshire. A lot of states, the smaller states, you have to buy in bigger states because their media markets just bleed over into your state because your state's too small to have it. That makes ad buys very expensive. But uh, he's getting closer. Now, he is one of those people, those mega Republicans, that Democrats insisted that they wanted to run against. In fact, so much so that they spent somewhere in the neighborhood of, I think it was $45, $46 million in Republican primaries. Remember, Democrats, if you hear about Republican victories on election night, and hopefully we'll hear about a lot of Republican victories on election night, You're going to hear leftists go, these people are so extreme. These people are so extreme. And you go, uh, if you really believe that, and don't believe that, but if you really believe that, why would you spend so much money trying to get them to win the nomination? See, Democrats played with fire. They thought that they could choose their opponents and then go about beating their opponents pretty easily because they viewed their opponents as really, really radical, lunatic monsters. Oh my goodness, they're terrible, they're terrible, they're terrible. Okay, great. But what if you lose? If you believe this, now I'm not, I am not—I don't believe this, but if you believe this stuff, Democrats were so cocksure that they were not going to lose that they did this. And now they'll go, well, you've got to do... Uh, what, uh, the republicans are monsters they're going to destroy the country they're going to destroy democracy yeah only democrats could sit there and uh decide this and declare losing an election to be a threat to democracy it's a hell of a losing an election to, that's the very definition of democracy but oh but you know what i'll start off with uh Instead of The View, I was going to parlay this into The View, but they're horrible, and they're universally horrible. We'll get to them in a second. But I want to play a montage. I believe the Media re- the Media Research Center did put this together. God bless the Media Research Center. They watch these things. They archive these things so that when these leftists with press credentials try to say, well, we're the honest brokers, they've got the receipts. When they try to say, well, I never said those sorts of things. Now they've got the receipts for it. You've got to love it. It's absolutely hilarious. Well, this is a media montage of leftists in journalism all declaring their, their fear that if the election doesn't go the way they want, that will somehow be a threat to democracy. There's no rational explanation for that. It's a whole pile of garbage. I mean, it's so absurd it's, it's as to be stupid. But they make this argument because they know that their audience is pretty stupid. They know that their audience is wildly stupid. And they simply go along with it because, well, their audience is stupid. But they... Um, It's the antithesis of democracy. Just listen. Listen to the... You'll recognize most of these voices. You'll hear a lot of Joy Reid. You'll hear a lot of... uh, What's her... Who's the blonde woman on MSNBC who has no lips? What's her... Nicole Wallace. Supposedly used to be a Republican, but boy howdy, she is... I guess maybe she was a Republican when she was uh, faithful to her first marriage, and then things went sideways. Listen to uh, this pile of garbage.
1: We are watching Republicans not just destroying democracy in the dark, breaking into election officers and plugging stuff in. We're watching them do it from rally stages, debate stages.
0: We could lose our democracy and it could happen in 17 days. A majority of Americans believe that democracy is under threat.
2: Democracy on the ballot, it's not just a slogan.
0: A lot of Republicans in the last three weeks have suddenly found themselves deciding, hey, party over country.
2: I'm wondering whether this puts America into the fast lane
1: towards illiberal democracy. Uh,
0: I'm not going to say that, you know, the GOP are Nazis at this point or whatever, but it certainly sounds very familiar.
1: We will wake up the morning after Election Day. We might not even call it that anymore in two years. The future is not Republican Party, so they have to cheat. Do you think it's time to ask for friends and allies to come over and help us monitor our elections? Do you think it requires, you know, a democracy commission? The Republicans have an explicit incentive to make the economy worse. They will cut Social Security. They're going to cut lunches for children.
0: If Republicans win control of one or both houses of Congress, they will do everything in their power to sabotage the economy.
1: They are not going to help you. So why would you vote for them?
0: Millions of Americans are scared. A lot of Americans are right to be scared tonight. Why shouldn't we be scared? Democracy is on the knife's edge. Mr. President, I'll be honest. I'm scared. I'm scared. Mr. President, I'll be honest. I'm totally scared. Okay, scared, scared, scared. Really, you're scared. Democracy is under threat if we lose. Hmm. They've actually been saying this for a long time, years and years and years. Oh, we'll lose our our democracy's on the ballot. You hear the? This is the most important election of our lifetime. And it's, I loved the, in what was it? I think it was 2016. It might have been 2020 or 2014, but I'm pretty sure it was 2016 when her mom was on the ballot when Hillary Clinton or Chelsea Clinton had this Chelsea, you can see why Chelsea Clinton doesn't really do interviews. She's not maybe it's unfair to say she's not that bright, but she's certainly not good at communicating anything coherently. And she's horrible at interviews, and she comes off as sounding incredibly stupid. You know, all due respect. (laughs) But she said to a group of voters, This is the most important election in our lifetime. And if we don't get it right, the next election will be the most important election of our lifetime. Like, uh, you're not supposed to say that before the election. You're trying to build up at people as being the most important election of your lifetime. You wait until the day after and you go, the next election is going to be the most important election of your lifetime because you need to keep people, the left in particular, needs to keep people in a, a frenzied lather of paranoia and fear. That's what they need to do. That's what they try to do. Every once in a while, they boil over and burn a city or beat the hell out of people on the streets or Try to kill police officers or something like that. But that's all forgiven because it's all in the name of, you know, attempted murder in the name of justice, burning down buildings in the name of if you do anything in the name of justice, Democrats will pretty much forgive you. It's it's their gift, really, to humanity. Awful people. But to sit there and say that if you lose a free and fair election, it will be a threat to democracy is absurd there is one party that is trying to nationalize federalize set the rules change the rules for voting and how elections are run those are the democrats they want to impose it from the federal government a top-down authoritarian very soviet style of management of elections the damned republican monsters totalitarians want to leave it to the states Oh, why? That's Of course, that's all part of the trick. That's how these Republicans work, they say. That's what they're trying to do. No, no. It's easier to change state law than it is federal law. Plus, there's that pesky thing about the Constitution giving the power to run elections to the state legislatures. I know it's wildly unpopular. But uh, Democrats spent the last four years telling us that anything short of setting up a polling place in... The living rooms or bedrooms or wherever it is that they want it of black people in Georgia is disenfranchising black people. I think black people in Georgia were surprised to learn that uh, Democrats viewed them as so totally and completely incapable of even taking care of themselves in the most basic of ways. And that may well have opened the eyes of a lot of people. On the left, who said, wait a second, these Democrats really think we're idiots. These Democrats really think we can't take care of ourselves. And on that front, they said, well, maybe we should listen to what the other side says. There's something to be said about forbidden fruit. If, you know, you got a daughter, a teenage daughter, and you say, I forbid you to date that boy. Well, guess who now just moves to the top of the dating prospect queue? On a lot of, not all girls but on a lot of them. My uh, eldest daughter, I could see her going, if I said that to her when she's 17, going, well, all right, you you—you made a fair point. She's very good. She's, she's, she's very uh, easy to, well, not manipulate, but she's not a rebellious type. The other one she would definitely like run off to Vegas and get a quickie marriage. If the second he said, I'm not really sure I like that kid. All right, well, that's it. He's the one. It's forever. There are certain people that need certain sorts of motivations and other ones who will listen to experience and go, you know what? I think you're right now, which is right, which is wrong, depends on the circumstances. But that's beside the point. I can tell you that in these circumstances, all the Democrats are lying. These people, while they play stupid on television, are not, or at least what they play on television is not in this sense. They know exactly what they're doing. They know what the definition of democracy is, and they recognize that their side is not popular right now. That'll probably change, unfortunately, but right now they are not popular. They need to justify losses so that they can delegitimize victories they preemptively oh, it's a threat to democracy they're going to cheat in 2024 really it's 2022 they're going to cheat in 2024 we had hillary just the other day saying we're going to they're going to cheat in 2024 well it's not a far stretch to go they've cheated in 2022 if democrats lose they did it in 2016 they did it in 2000 they did it in 2018 in georgia they've done it elsewhere if you remember back in 2000, 2006, 2008, maybe it was 2004. It was the early 2000s. There was a guy named Dino Rossi. I think, I don't know why I remember his name. He was running for governor of Washington, I think it was. And on election night, he won. And then it was so close that they had to do a recount. Now he'd won up until that point he'd even won you know all the and then when they got the recount suddenly they started finding ballots in trunks of cars and oh look at it we had to count these ballots and the liberal courts out there said well we must count these ballots and it ended up switching the election from dino rossi to the the woman he ran against now it happened i think two election cycles in a row so you never count democrats out but they're the people who will tell you that democracy is on the ballot. And if democracy gets wrong or goes sideways, we're going to go to the trunk of the car and we're going to find more ballots. That's how, by the way, Al Franken became a United States senator. He would lost. He had, uh, there was a recount. Actually, he was slightly ahead. And then miraculously, they found a box full of ballots in the trunk of a car. Who puts ballots in the trunk of their car? Democrats do. All right. So uh, being a dutiful host that I am, I, uh, I'm able to talk and work the computer simultaneously. And it turns out that my memory is even better than I thought. Not only am I brilliant, but I often agree with myself uh, on things. And I often find myself going, where did I pull that from? The answer is usually out of thin air. But I looked up Dino Rossi 2000, I mean, granted, I gave myself a pretty wide berth. It was either 2012, 2008, 2006, 2004, whatever it was. I knew it was the 2000s. The 2004 gubernatorial campaign. Now, this is a summarization of it from Wikipedia, but the facts as I remember them are accurate as well, just to give you the gist of it. Rossi decided to run his 2004 gubernatorial campaign, decided to run 2003, but was already facing an uphill battle in terms of money raised, low name ID, blah blah blah. I uh, won the nomination to run against Democrat Christine Gregory who had already raised $1.15 million by December, only weeks after Rossi officially kicked off his campaign. Furthermore, the previous two GOP candidates for governor had lost their campaign bids by 16% and 18.7% in 1996 and 2000. So you see it was an uphill battle. But Gregory was a particularly bad candidate, unpopular Democrat. 2004. Well, the 2004 election, 2.8 million votes were cast for governor. The initial vote count, you got to love the use of that word, initial, the initial vote count had Rossi ahead of Gregory by 261 votes. Now, that's a razor-thin margin out of 2.8 million votes cast. Now, that required a recount, right? Right. So they did the actual recount. And it turns out that after this, there's another recount. After the second recount, Rossi still led, but this time only by 42 votes. Now, you talk to election professionals, you talk to anybody in the election business. If you're a couple hundred votes, it's highly unlikely that many votes will change in a recount. Why? Because the machines do the counting, right? It's The machines doing the counting. Thousands of votes, they never really flip that much unless, miraculously, it's Democrats who benefit from it. But to go from 261 votes to 42 votes and you go, "What? that's weird. That's very, very rare. But then there was a third recount. See, Democrats keep, remember, they always say, we need to count every every vote until we get ahead and then or we find a way to count that favors us and then we stop the count. A third recount, this one done by hand. Remember the Florida 2000? We got to do more recounts. We need to do a hand recount. Actually, the very first column I ever wrote in my whole life was for the South End newspaper at Wayne State University back in 2000. I was in a class with the uh, editor-in-chief, I think she was. Can't even remember her name now of the school paper and I was talking to her and she I said can I write something I did and I uh, I got into, I I ticked off all the right people all the professors it was and the, the title might be mildly offensive to somebody if, with delicate sensibilities but take it in the spirit in which it was intended it was intended to shock the left-wing lunatics up there it was when gore was demanding a hand recount and I entitled it uh, a hand job in florida I thought it was appropriate with Bill Clinton still being around. Anyway, the hand recount done in Florida suddenly the Democrat leapt out into a 129 vote lead. What? Then the vote ex- lead expanded to 133 votes after the state supreme court threw out four votes for Rossi. Why would they do why not? Why not? It's such a scam. King County Elections Department was sued by Rossi's campaign for its handling of ballots, including untracked use of ballot-on-demand printing machines, even before the election date. The U.S. Department of Justice threatened to sue Washington for failing to mail military ballots overseas, generally assumed to be Republican votes. Now, remember this. Remember Washington 2004. Every time you hear Democrats whine and complain about democracy, it is democracy we need democracy now the same damn thing happened in 20 uh, in 2008 four years later it was a rematch and rossi was ahead and then it didn't work didn't work out or no i think I, no maybe not that's not accurate but you go to norm coleman 2008 norm coleman was the incumbent republican senator from minnesota al franken was running against him At the end of the night, an election night, it was uh, Norm Coleman by a small margin, which was less than 0.1%. So that triggered a recount, triggered a recount. So then they did that recount and suddenly the votes switched. Out of 2.9 million votes cast, the results of the initial recount shifted it and put Al Franken ahead by 225 votes. Huh, weird how that works, isn't it? Uh, on, Jan- on February 3rd, a panel allowed Coleman to introduce evidence that as many as 4,800 absentee ballots were wrongly rejected and should be counted. The Franken campaign had tried to limit Coleman from bringing evidence on only, or limit him to bringing evidence only on 650 absentee ballots cited in the initial court filing. Now, remember, Democrats... What do they chant in two thousand? What do they chant at these times in these races? Count every vote. We need to count every vote. While they're actively in court, trying to disqualify votes. Well, gee, guess who won? The Democrat won. The votes, the votes, the ballots were booted. On April first, a uh, panel ordered that an additional four hundred absentee ballots be examined. After examining 400 ballots on April 6th, the panel ordered an additional 351 ballots to be opened and counted. On April 7th, the additional 351 ballots were opened and counted before the panel and a packed courtroom. Franken got an additional 198 votes. Coleman gained 111. Other candidates received 42. That put Franken's lead at 312 votes then they fought feverishly to stop the counting and the the franken team won al franken became united states senator after miraculously overturning the results of an election through the recount process and disqualifying disqualifying ballots now what was the mistake here if you really want to know about the lead look the rossi rossi was just screwed the democrat state democrat establishment they were out to get him and nobody in the media was at all interested and they found ballots and trunks and things like that when it comes to norm coleman he got outlawyered he got out fought al franken hired the best election lawyers the left had to offer they were all from Washington, but they knew how to fight and they knew how to fight dirty and they didn't care about their... Well, they're actually, their, I say they don't care about their reputation. Their re- reputation is, we'll kill for you, is essentially their reputation, whereas Norm Coleman was seemingly wanting to fight a PR war simultaneously with a legal battle, and you can't. You can win the PR war or you can win the legal battle, but the, very, very infrequently... Does the mouse roar? He hired locally because he wanted to be seen as being the local guy. I'm the Minnesota guy. I'm hiring Minnesota lawyers. And I we don't need no big, fancy D.C. lawyers coming out here telling us what to do. Well, the ballots are cast. It's too. You're not going to influence any vote. You might influence public opinion to your side a little bit. But unless they voted for you and they got a marked ballot in there already, it doesn't really matter if polls show 80% of the people think that Norm Coleman is the best guy for the job because he hired local election lawyers. I go, that ah, Franken campaign would have gone. That's really interesting and neat. Congratulations to them. We'll make you a plaque. We're going to Washington because we're going to fight to win. That's what you have to do if you want to win. I don't know if you want to win or not. I don't know if these people want to win. It's a matter of how hard you're willing to fight. And sometimes you you can't win because sometimes you lose. But other times you do win, but you end up losing because you fought wrong or didn't want to fight at all. These are two shining examples. So it always throws up red flags to me when I hear Democrats whining about democracy because I know that they don't mean it. And I know that they'll do anything to undermine it in reality. They'll do anything to undermine it in reality. It doesn't matter what it, how far they have to go, how absurd it is. It's when it comes time to be sworn in. They want their candidates' hand on the Bible or the Playboy magazine or the, the trans book of rights or whatever the hell it is, the, the uh, anti-racist handbook, whatever it is they swear in on. They want the victory. They're a lot like the, you know, the Houston Astros World Series going on. They're a lot like the Houston Astros used to be. They're like, they're like the people who juiced in baseball. I'm going to hit the ball out of the park, so I'm going to juice. It's not technically against the rules. It wasn't at the time. Or even now, it is against the rules. But I think I can get away with it. It is about the W. My dad always said to me, it doesn't matter if you win by one or one million. It's the win that counts. It's the win that gets recorded. It's the win that gets registered. And it's true. But it does matter how you win, to a certain extent. Then again, you have to deal with a public that has the attention span of a newt in a lot of cases, particularly on the left, where we care about democracy flies as a talking point when they've done this and countless other examples uh, like this throughout just the last 20 years. So you can only pull this off if you have people who are either partisan to the point that they don't really care, they just want to win, they don't care how. Or they don't have the attention span and they're out of products of public education that doesn't teach people useful bits of information like this. Which is, you know, why this program exists. You're welcome, America. Now that we've taken a stroll down memory lane, let's bring it back to today. Today. And you sit there and you go, pop culture, Ooh, pop culture, the view matters. The view, by the way, is considered a news program. Okay. I don't know if it still is, but it at least was, and was founded under the banner of NBC or ABC news. It was created, or at least created with in mind, I think it might've been created by Barbara Walters back 25 or 30 years ago. And you sit there and you go, my God, why is that piece of garbage still on? Well, because for daytime TV, it's like weekend TV. There's no there's no bar. There's nothing to really compare it to. If you're canceled from a weekend show, it's because you're particularly horrible in the rating. You, you got to be really terrible. That's why like if you look at network TV, they a lot of times Saturday night is reruns from the week like oh if you in case you missed even Friday night. I will have missed American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, I, I watch American Ninja Warrior from time to time. I can't. I like prefer to skip it and skip all the little sad tales of woe about each contestant and just get to them running down the path. But uh, they rerun it on Fridays when it's on. Why? Because why not? <laughs> what the hell? I prefer Shark Tank, but then I'll watch American Ninja Warrior. Uh, but. Saturday nights, they just go. Nobody's going to be watching this crap. And if anybody's, watch, you know, if anybody's watching TV, they're watching cable or watching a streaming service. So let's just rehash in case you missed your favorite episode of uh, This Is Us. Or, I don't even know if that's on anymore, but whatever. We'll just put on some TV shows up there that we've already run. And that's it. cable news. They don't even bother with new programming on the weekends. They just on the weekend prime time. They just go here's some garbage. I and mean, like MSNBC turns into murder documentaries <laughs> over the course of the weekend cuz nobody's watching on Saturdays. Why who the hell would watch? I think, I think any ratings they get are because viewers died during the week with the TV on. Well, uh the view does well enough for daytime TV and you sit there and you go, "Well, what does that mean?" Well, Think about it. How well does it have to do? Price is Right has been on forever. It costs next to nothing to produce relative to what you can bring in. The View probably charges more for advertising than The Price is Right. The Price is Right is history behind it. The Price is Right, I watch all day long. Barely ever throw up by what uh, they're saying on The Price is Right. But The View, nonstop bulimia. But the audience who watches The View, according to demographers are Wealthier, suburban white women, which is ironic because they're the very same people that, that the view, the ladies on the view, either are or hate, or both. It's weird, pretend hate. Pretend, but they're the, the driving force behind the Democratic Party: the wine drinking in the afternoon, leisure class who looks at society as something that desperately needs to be fixed because they have the time. their kids are out of the house now. like well i am an empty nester and i will uh, therefore sit here and try to figure out how to fix the world i'll try to raise the world rather than just go rejoice i raised children maybe their children don't talk to them anymore because they're so insufferable who knows well the ladies on the view have opinions on everything under the sun they have opinions on more things than they have knowledge about and that's not really narrowing it down all that much but it is an accurate portrayal of these people sunny houston hostin whatever the hell her name is and whoopi goldberg both happen to be non-white and they're talking about and you got to love these leftists when they employ racism to pretend that they care about fighting racism And they're, or that they're victims of racism. What you're about to hear is Sonny Houston and Whoopi Goldberg talk about Herschel Walker running for the Senate down in Georgia and essentially calling him a token. He's a token. They only got him because he's black. He's running against a black guy. There's a black senator there. So obviously the GOP needed a black guy. And so they found dim witted herschel walker never minding the fact that and oh the trump support him because the never mind the fact that uh, he played for the new jersey generals back in the usfl i believe it was which was owned by donald trump at the time and according to don jr in multiple interviews from over the course of the last few years they have he and herschel walker have been personal friends for decades the ladies at The View, the sea hags at The View, don't know this, nor do they care. And if they found out about it, it wouldn't matter. They'd probably try to make some sort of slave analogy about Donald Trump having once owned the team for which Herschel Walker played football. Why? Because they're idiots. That's what, that's why. But, you know, noticing that they've gone to each other's weddings, they're, they're blah, blah, blah. They're long-term friends. They vacation together. All of that would be ignored by two women on The View, who, dare I say, Whoopi Goldberg is probably on The View because she's Whoopi Goldberg. She's an Oscar winner. Actually, she's an EGOT winner. She's won an Oscar, an Emmy, a Grammy, and a Tony. She's won all the the major awards in the performing arts. Sonny is on there because, well... Who knows? Could it be her melanin levels? Because I'm not really sure what else she brings to the table. She is a lawyer, but then again, so is half the people who are employed by ABC News. They could easily find a female lawyer, but Sunny brings in the color of her skin and the fact that I believe one of her parents was Hispanic on top of it. Could you say what she's saying about Herschel Walker, about her? Of course you could. Should you? Would you? Could you? You could. Would you? Probably not. It probably wouldn't occur to you. Should you? Eh, no. She probably got a job because she's an agent, has a good agent. She was a talking head on CNN. Why did she get that job? It certainly wasn't her depth and breadth of knowledge on the subjects at hand. It's because of her law degree her resume, and her appearance, just the way the world works. So, as is often the case, if not uniformly always the case, the left is guilty of that which they accuse the right of doing. Listen to it for yourself.
1: Well, I think that's the sad thing about this. I think the sad thing about this is, you know,
2: Herschel Walker is woefully underqualified for this job, mm-hmm. and the only reason he was chosen and also supported by Trump is because Raphael Warnock, the senator in Georgia, is black, and they wanted someone who was black to confront him, fool, to oppose we him. We don't know what the, we can't tell each other apart. Exactly. <laughs> and- and I think it's sad that the GOP is using Herschel Walker in that way, and he's letting himself be used, because mm-hmm. I really do think he's being used. Um, and I think he probably has. I think willingly. But, but he, willingly. Yeah.
0: It's so sad that Sonny Houston is allowing herself to be used by ABC in the way that she is. The way that she, it's really sad, but then again, maybe she's not bright enough to know it. Or it's willing because it's the amount of money she's getting paid. Now, you can't say that. You Oh, my God, you're a horrible, horrible racist saying that Sonny Houston is a token. But she can say it Now, just like two weeks ago, she was saying people are calling me racist on Twitter, and I'm not really sure why. Well, you know, this might be why. I understand you don't watch The View, Sonny. And it doesn't seem like you pay attention too much to what's going on on The View either while you're sitting there. But that's essentially what she's doing. That's what she's saying. Oh, no, they just needed a black eye. And Whoopi's like, yeah, because they all think we all look alike. Well, nobody thinks anybody looks like you, Whoopi, except for maybe a retired outside linebacker. Nobody's going to be confusing you with anybody, Whoopi. You don't talk, the spewing the racism. Everybody, everybody thinks you all look alike. What does that mean? That means that white people are racist. It's just a sort of backhanded way to say white, white people are just horrible, horrible racists, Just horrible, horrible racists. And if that weren't enough, Whoopi Goldberg well, the Republicans think all Democrats are dumb, all black people are dumb. They think we all look alike and we can't tell each other apart. So wait, are you saying that you'll only vote for somebody because of the color of their skin, Whoopi? That's it? And you say, well, Republicans are saying that you'll vote for somebody for the color of their skin? Because there's one party that insists, it looks at people and goes, oh, this is how you're going to vote. This is how you must think because of the color of your skin. And if you don't, you're an Uncle Tom. Let's get Senator Tim Scott. Talk to him about this. Or let's get Ted Cruz. You just had Ted Cruz on your show last week and you all little harpies started screaming at him. He is a Hispanic man. He is an ethnic minority. And yet you looked at him as so he had a third eye in the middle of his forehead. How dare you think these ways? You look at somebody and say, this is how you must be. Oh, you're gay. This is how you vote. Well, I'm sorry, but I find that particularly boring. You know, my friend, one of my oldest friends, my actually my oldest friend is gay. And uh, he's conservative. He's a Republican. Talk nothing. Well, he's supposedly writing a book. I keep on calling him, telling him to keep writing. But he's, he's gay and a Republican. That's wildly interesting. I wouldn't care which way he voted politically. He's still my oldest friend and, and a good friend. And he'll be there and I'll be there for him but he is uh, he's interesting because he's not the stereotype he bucks the stereotype he bucks the trend but he lives out in San Francisco so he's not really totally bucking the stereotype but he also lives in fear of people finding out what he really thinks what he really wants he's not a real super right wing conservative but he certainly looks at what's going on he goes what the hell is going on here I can't support these idiots, and things are costing more, and it's the Democrats' policies. He understands how economics works and everything, And just... but he can't talk about it to certain people. He drops hints, but he can't talk about it. It's kind of like when he came out. <laughs> when he came out, he you know, like, was dropping hints for a while that something was going on, and he finally came out he come out as a conservative. He didn't lose any friends when he came out as gay because we all kind of knew it and didn't care. But he'd probably lose a lot of friends now if he came out as conservative. What does that tell you about the left? Well, uh, as if the left weren't bad enough, of telling you you've got to vote a certain way, think a certain way because of the color of your skin. Along comes Joy Behar to put a cherry on top of it. She's whining about dark money. I don't think she understands what dark money is. She certainly doesn't care that Democrats get more, uh, quote unquote, dark money than Republicans do. And they have these dark money groups out there the Democratic Training Institute and the Stop Republicans and all. And they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars in dark money, super PACs to elect Democrats. They don't care about that. She says, uh, Republicans, the only reason they're winning is because of this dark money and not really out of dale carnegie and how to win friends and influence people republicans are only doing well in the polls because they're being they're lying to the public and the public is just so damned stupid that they believe republicans yeah here you go you're an idiot vote for me not exactly the most compelling case
1: you know, so, you know, the only reason that these Republicans are surging the way they are, I talked about this in the meeting this morning, is because of this dark money that's going into the Republican candidates. Mm-hmm. They're buying the Senate races, and they, they're flooding the airwaves with nasty, nasty uh, lies about the Democrats. Uh, and that's, that's it. And people are fooled by that, you know. If you keep bombarding people with a lie, they will believe it. Ask, ask uh, uh, Goebbels from World War II. Yeah. The big lie. You keep saying it.
0: And they think it's true. And that's what they're doing. gabbles <laughs> Goebbels from World War II, okay? Hey, Goebbels, what about the big lie again? You mean like the Russia hoax, that one? Oh, how about Stacey Abrams actually won in 2018, that lie? How about if Democrats don't win, it's a threat to democracy. If they lose a democratic election, it's a threat to them, that kind of lie? What kind of lies you're talking about here? genius oh yeah people are so stupid they'll believe anything what do you mean like they'll believe anything they see on msnbc joy any thoughts on that you ever you ever put yourself in a position where you might be questioned by somebody who isn't a paid staffer for the dnc or the view but i repeat myself no maybe you shouldn't call the audience stupid until you take a long, hard look in the mirror. And I understand why you don't want to. But uh, you should at least maybe talk to somebody who disagrees with you if you can't do that, just for a second. So while we now know how to apologize properly, remember, kids, it's best not to do something for which you have to apologize in the first place. Measure twice, cut once. That's the way it works. If you ever worked with a a skilled tradesman, that's how it, it works. Speaking of somebody who will never apologize, I just want to play this since the left loves identity politics. The lieutenant governor candidate down in Florida with uh, Charlie Crist is a leftist teachers union goon who uh, praised Fidel Castro when he was alive. Carla Hernandez. The lieutenant governor of the state of Florida is a Hispanic woman. But according to Carla Hernandez, she's not really a Hispanic woman because she's not liberal listen to this bit of racism this bit of bigotry this is you know this is the democrat mindset when they say like a black guy you're not really black if you don't vote for me that's this mentality
2: Um, But 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 I have a very diverse background because of where I grew up and um, just the environment that I grew up in. Um, I'll tell you this. I know that, you know, technically she's considered a Latina, uh, but I think that her Latina card should be revoked. Mm -hmm. Uh, The moment that she said and she was okay as a Cuban-American, saying that she was okay with putting Cubans on a bus. And sending them to Delaware, which is where President Biden lives, by the way, the compassionate president that came over here and saved us, because he's the one that's provided us all the resources that we have right now. She said that before, before I was launched as lieutenant governor. She is a Cubana arrepentida. You don't do that. You don't lose touch. You, she's she's completely, um, you know, out of touch with her community. So I like to think that I'm the only Latina running for this seat. Um, mm. And really that I represent all, all of our issues, all of our community communities um you know i was born and raised in hialeah i'm an american but i'm very proud of my latino heritage and very proud of everything that we represent hey,
0: you imagine that well she's you've got a hispanic running mate but she's not really hispanic because she she thinks differently than i believe hispanics should think and therefore she's not she's a republican so no 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 she's she's not really she is she's cuban they're both Cuban, but she's Cuban in name only, just sort of calling her racial slurs in the name of tolerance, of course. This is how the left operates. Obey. If you don't obey, if you are uh, thinking for yourself, if you refuse to conform with what the leftist hierarchy believes or will tolerate you thinking, it's fair game. It's game on. Remember a few years ago when Donny Deutsch was going after Marco Rubio? Called him a coconut. Now, that's not something you call anybody on an average day. When's the last time you heard anybody called a coconut? And what does that mean? Well, coconut, calling Marco Rubio coconut was, means that he's brown on the outside and white on the inside. It's a racial slur. But Donnie Deutsch said, oh, I had no idea. I had no idea. Well, then why the hell did you call him a coconut? <laughs> Are you hanging out with racists who don't tell you about their racism? Are you an idiot? That's entirely possible. But he just, it just was able to slide. Yet George Allen was ruined over macaca because racism or something. The double standards are amazing. Liberals are really just corrupt, evil SOBs. Of course, the, uh, the big news in social media, and it's kind of funny watching these leftists meltdown, is that uh, Elon Musk actually bought Twitter. He did. I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought maybe it would happen the first time, and then I thought, well, it's not going to happen. And then it actually went through. It did it. He did it. He dropped the money on it. So good for him. Now the outlets like the rag, the independent. R.I.P. Twitter twenty or 2006 to 2022. Dead at the hands of Elon Musk. A whole bunch of leftists are out there going, I'm going to have to quit Twitter now because Elon Musk is going to make it so full of hate. <laughs> All right. Yeah, sure. It's totally full of hate and hate. And hate when you're a leftist and you go you guys are all monsters and I hope you die and somebody says screw you pal I'm like oh why so much hate why is there so much hate out here oh my god all these people are just sending me so much hate <laughs> just oh leftists eh, you're just evil uh speaking of evil Jane Fonda, it's not often that you get to play a Jane Fonda clip uh, but it's also less often when Jane Fonda is the the voice of reason in that clip. I swear to God. She appeared on CNN with host Laura Coates. Now I don't know who the hell Laura Coates is. She was filling in on the CNN primetime. They're trying to figure out what to do with their primetime lineup because it sucks and nobody watches it. So they're trying out a bunch of people. Laura Coates is a uh, a woman of color and a journalist, and she was interviewing um, Jane Fonda about the well environmental Jane Fonda is a big time environmental lunatic she for a while was getting arrested every Friday up on Capitol Hill up on the steps of the Capitol uh, protesting for the planet I think she's knocked that off but she uh, she's still a big time environmentalist so they had her on and Laura Coates asked her about these idiot left wingers who are going hey you know what We need to glue ourselves to stuff and try and smash and pour feces and paint and whatever else on priceless works of art in the name of saving the environment. Because I always ask, what do you care more about, this piece of art or human life? And I always say, well, if we're talking about your human life, the art. But, um, (laughs) well, listen to this exchange because Jane Fudd actually says it's not super – Productive and and blocking traffic is not super productive, and she doesn't support it. I think it's very disappointing to Laura Coates of CNN
1: in terms of using your celebrity. I wonder the way that you have gone about it from Fire Drill Fridays and beyond, the way you've gone about to be consistent. What do you make of what we're seeing in some you know art museums in some areas of the world where people are throwing food? onto revered works of art as a way to draw attention do you think that this tactic is something that is getting the attention and put and moving the needle in a way that say your work has it certainly gets attention but i i think that it makes people angry Hmm. you know i mean i have been arrested a lot of times for engaging in civil disobedience which is doing things that are against the law if the law is wrong. Um, But I have avoided, for example, blocking freeways and things that will, you know, the average person wants to get home for dinner or wants to get to where their kids are in school or whatever. So I'm not particularly in, I understand where the anger comes from. I'm not in favor of doing things that are going to make the average working person angry because it, it affects them and their and their lives. And, you know, some argue that maybe it affects the way they view the overall movement that could be counterproductive. Possibly. You never know. But all I know is the the amount of work that's being done and the work through your pack as well. Thank you for joining us this evening and making sure that the lines are drawn and the bridges are felt for the electorate about what is on the ballot, even if some things feel like they're an in invisible ink. Thank you, Jane. Yeah.
0: Thanks a lot. I appreciate
1: being here. Thanks. Thank you.
0: I mean, it gets really sycophantic there at the end, kissing her butt. Oh, you're the best. You're the best. But she was seemed genuinely disappointed that Jane Fonda wasn't saying yeah, you know what? Uh, we need to set more cars on fire. We need to really uh, glue ourselves together and block as many freeways as humanly possible. That's the way to go. Jane Fonda understands for all her flaws that if you go up and start shoving people or ruining their day or their life, they're going to go reflexively go, "I don't I don't really give a damn what you support. I don't really care. Go to hell." and it's counterproductive. The CNN activist doesn't get that. So then they had an exchange between uh, Laura Coates and Alison Camerana. You can tell in the wrap-up there, and even in the question, that Laura Coates was hoping for a different answer from Jane Fonda. And it becomes abundantly clear that if CNN, in this clip, if CNN is going to try and do anything that is... Um, like journalism that is not completely biased they've got a long they've made some moves they got rid of jim acosta they they've made some moves they got a lot more moves to go really Really interesting
1: wasn't it i mean just thinking about especially her response about the tactics that are being used now because that's getting a lot of attention in terms of defacing artwork and what that means and that overall conversation well what's more important to you This art or the long-term, you know, sustainability of our planet?
0: (laughs) Yeah, what's more important to you? Uh, This art or this planet? Uh, The art. The art. Because the planet is just fine. The planet is just fine. More people, there's going to be people who freeze to death this winter. There is just going to be people who freeze to death this winter. And it will be because they will not be able to afford... To heat their homes, They will be elderly. They will be up in the Northeast. They will likely not have families or not have families that are particularly good or like them. Maybe they were bad people. I don't know. But they will be living alone in the Northeast and their uh, ability to heat their homes will be beyond their grasp, thanks to the Biden administration and the destruction of the energy sector of this country as a matter of policies, a deliberate act. Those people, Those people will die. You will not see very many reports on it. They'll have to report on some of it, specifically if, you know, a couple of them in a cluster in a small town die, relatively close, short order, or what have you. They won't be able to ignore that, but otherwise, they will. Um, and it will be more people who die than who die during the summer hot months. You always hear, well, elderly in Chicago are dying because of the heat, because of the heat. No, they're dying because they don't have air conditioners. Now, the cities over the years have given them air conditioners, and they use the air conditioners when they're given to them until the fall, and then they pawn them or sell them. and They don't have them for the next heat wave. Um that's another story altogether. But more people die from cold than from heat, because you can always turn on a fan. You can always go somewhere where there's air conditioning night. People don't always, but you can. Whereas the cold, you can't really escape it. You can't really escape it. You can't. You can At, at night, the, the heat goes down naturally when the sun goes down. At night, when the it's cold already during the day, and the sun goes down, you're in real trouble. Cold is way more dangerous than heat ever was. And the Biden administration, the Democrats, have made staying warm in the name of fighting warming, oddly enough, that doesn't exist, way more difficult and uh, nearly impossible for far too many Americans. So, you just watch. I'm making a morbid prediction. I don't want to do it, but more people are going to die this winter and then who die in heat waves, it just won't be widely reported because it doesn't help serve the democratic message. It's weird how that works, isn't it? Not really. All right, that is enough for today. Like I say, we'll get into uh, all the things. God, journalism sucks so bad. We'll get into all that stuff about Paul Pelosi. Tomorrow, as for now, who won the signed Michelle Malkin book in defense of internment? A guy named Don. That's right. That's all I know. That's all I have is a name, Don. First name. You have a message from me, Don, through uh, your uh, support program thing. Check it out. Go to where you commented and check your messages on there. It's not on the comment. Congratulations to you. You'll be getting a signed copy of Michelle Malkin's book. And since Michelle Malkin was so uh, popular with the kids, and Judge Janine is still up there, let's have a rematch, huh? Why not a death match? Two books enter, one book leaves, Thunderdome style. We have Michelle Malkin, who built that, the uh, a Wee inspiring, uh, or uh, on a we. Good lord, I'm stupid. Awe inspiring stories of American Thinkerpreneurs. So check that out. It's autographed by Michelle Malkin. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast or Hunter.locals.com. Enter to win there. And in a week from today, you could be uh, a winner. You are a winner anyway, right? If you support the show, you're a winner. Appreciate you listening. Happy Monday. Happy Halloween. We'll see you tomorrow.